Hello and welcome. I am Piers Ridyard, CEO of RDX Works, a core developer of the decentralized finance protocol Radix, a public ledger entirely focused on bringing DeFi into the mainstream. This is our podcast, The DeFi Download, a show about decentralized finance and all things crypto, where we dive into the details of the projects, assets and services that are powering the DeFi revolution. Today, I have Michael Videtto, co-founder of Astralescent. Astralescent is a decentralized exchange aggregator, as well as launching the first fully collateralized stablecoin on Radix, USDA. Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Piers. So let's let's start with the macro environment a little bit, right? Because I think stablecoins um, have had a little bit of a fun ride so far. So what's your what's your view on the whole Silicon Valley Bank USDC wobble, and what do you think it means for the industry? So the bank contagion is trying to be contained by, you know, the federal government in the U.S. Right? It's it's going from bank to bank and bank to bank and that type of feedback loop is could be catastrophic for the economy and it's all because they started raising rates way too quickly um i think the fed really has to start slowing down with you know and, and flatting the rates or maybe even bringing down the rates to really help these banks start to recover they might even have to pump more funds in than 300 billion they're already putting into these banks so it's a very big concern for us because you know we're trying to partner with the bank to bring USDA to market. And it's like, do they have the same systemic risk that these other banks have? It's something that we're, we're looking at um, on a daily basis and doing research on. And we are going to be diversifying our risk across other banks as well. So it's not, it's not going to be like a single point of failure, but it's definitely something we're very concerned about right now at Astro Lesson. Yeah, and uh, what do you think? What do you think it means for stablecoins? Do you think that this is? Do you think this is a sort of like an intermediate blip, or do you think this is also going to mean that decentralized stablecoins become more frequent, uh, more more frequently looked at as well? I guess you mean with the USDC depegging and yeah. right in relation yeah. to that. Um, I think Circle is pretty well regulated, and they have a lot of diversification protection because they only had. 3.3 of their $40 billion in assets at Silicon Valley Bank or right. Sil Silvergate. I don't remember which one it was. Um, it's so Silicon Valley were, Bank, yeah. Exactly. It was Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah. Uh, they were pretty well diversified so that um, even if they lost all of that money, which it didn't end up happening, um, they would still probably be able to recover and, and get those customer deposits back to the customer at the end of the day. Um, so I, I do think if companies are well-regulated, well-diversified, they're going to be okay in the long run. So I, I do think stable coins will be, will be around. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, they're sort of like systemically important 
to the uh, to 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 um, DeFi and to public ledgers, right? Like without stable coins, it becomes much more difficult to create decentralized exchanges. It may create it's much more difficult to create sort of more complex products. And when you're looking at like options and derivatives and things like that, you want to be able to have some kind of settlement currency. And if you don't have that on the public ledger in something that everyone's like, yeah, sure, I'm always happy to receive this because I know I can instantly go and get dollars in my bank account off the back of it. Um, it makes the, the, I think the future of DeFi a lot more hard. Right. Because you don't want to take a volatile asset right. and have to convert it to a stable one. And it takes three to five business days because right. then it's going to be very hard to go back and forth. Uh, and that's really the advantage of stable coins on network is that they, kind of take out the, the bank as a middle band. So. Yeah. 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 Um, so like you guys started building on Radix, um, a while back now, um, your first product was, was, uh, a, an, an aggregator. Could you tell, talk a little bit about the founding of Astralescent and like how you, what, 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 why was Astralescent founded? Why did you guys build an aggregator first? And like, uh, and, and uh, a little bit more details there. So we started the idea, like developing the ideas and how we were going to execute them back in like July of 2022 or June of 2022, that time frame. Um, and I, when I was talking with my friends and family, we basically came up with like four financial products that could really bring Radix to the mainstream and bring like fuse DeFi with traditional finance and make that bridge that like, requires a lot of regulation <laughs> you know what are the harder things to do right um so we came up with the decentralized exchange aggregator as the easiest way to get a product out there right. and then our follow-on products would use that and it would be a symbiotic relationship so when we release usda users will be able to come in either to usda or any other token that we offer through the dex ag so it gives the users choice, it gives them flexibility. And then once they have those tokens on network, they can go and do whatever they want with them. So okay. that so, was the so idea. It was, it was all part of a wider strategy. A it's, a, it's a much higher level plan. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. And, and, and your background and, and, and your co-founders, is that, is that in finance? So no. Technically, no. So I did my undergrad in physics and I did my master's in electrical engineering, uh, but I do a lot of development on the side. Uh, I've always been, you know, investing in crypto and in traditional finance for at least 15 years now. And I do a lot of studying on macroeconomics and read a lot of these papers and things like that. So I'm always trying to further my knowledge. So even though I don't have a formal degree, I do have a, a pretty solid background in it. That's awesome. And has that always been an interest of yours? It it has, at least since like, you know, for the past 15 years or so. Yeah. Is that is that how you got into crypto originally? It was basically through your interest in sort of finance and macroeconomics. So uh, the crypto story is a, a little bit of a different one. So my friend who I went to college with, uh, yeah. he introduced me to this like new electronic currency. And he's like, it's called Bitcoin. I'm like, what is this? And I took like two weeks, like researching how, you know, the consensus was done, how the proof of work was done, how miners were paid out. And, you know, this is 2013, right? I mean, this is, you know, almost 10 years ago or 
yeah, almost 10 years ago at this point. And I'm like, this is the future. So I want to invest in it because I believe that it really could change the world. And from where Bitcoin was then to where it is, I mean, it's, you know, it's a whole nother level now. Um, so, and I still think there's a, there's a ways to go because when the internet first launched, you know, back in the eighties, nineties, the whatever, right. There were so many scams. There was no regulation. There was all kinds of illegal activities going on. And you see the same thing with crypto right now. I mean, right. it just needs to be regulated and to the point where people can trust any entity that's offering these Web3 products. And that's what we want to do. We want to be a product that people trust because we're doing all the due diligence through our banking partners, getting the licenses that we require to operate in these jurisdictions. And that's all. That's the play for us. So let, I mean, so. let's 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 talk about it because you, you know you 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 not only have sort of decided to uh, create this sort of ambitious playbook of um, of products that you want to create in the Radix ecosystem, you've also sort of taken the hardest route of going. Not only do you want to do a stable coin. You want to do a stable coin issued out of the USA. So like, you, yeah. and, and you know, you're coming into a mature market. So what, what makes, what makes you guys so, um, what, what, what talk a bit about USDA, what, what makes USDA interesting and you know, what makes it more trustworthy than something like Tether? So Tether doesn't really have the best accounting principles so a lot of times they get these like audits and it's not i don't really know how much substance is there and a lot of people would probably agree with me on that right, right. whereas someone like usdc gets audited they can show a paper trail yep. they can show proof of you know assets and things like that so we're going to be following in similar footsteps as circle Whereas we're going to have these proof of reserves on a consistent basis. You'll always be able to see how much we have and what we have output on the network. So it's always going to be a minimum of one-to-one. -one. So if we have, you know, $4 million on network and we're going to have at least $4 million in the bank behind it. Right. So, um, we're just going to be very open, very transparent. I think that's the way to do it. The fact that it hasn't been done this way for so many years is beyond me right i mean like how do you trust something when you can't when it's opaque it's uh so we're really going to try and change the way uh it's done that's really that's really great and i think you guys are going to be the first stable coin on radix are you looking to what, what's your timelines on launching at the moment so we're gonna have api access with the bank at the beginning of april so we're going to try and create a prototype for our CNET um, at the beginning of April and have users be able to come in and, and connect a fake bank account to KYC and mint some tokens on network. And then they can play around with those tokens on the test network. Um, from there, we have to get audits on the smart contract code and we got to do penetration testing on the web two code. So it'd be basically two separate audits that have to be done before we go to production and go live. Uh, also our banking partner requires us to do additional due diligence and they have to do some testing on our code as well. So it's, it's a little bit of a process, but I think we will likely be able to go live by July 
So right after Babylon goes live, we, we should be close to the beginning of Babylon, I would expect. Awesome. And uh, are you guys planning to be using any sort of features that are specific to the Radix platform um, from, from, the, from the initial launch of the, of the USDA? So I, I believe so, but we, we'd like to use a KYC verification token that's sold down. Yeah. So yeah. when a user comes into our platform, they go through the KYC process where, you know, they show a government issued ID, they show a selfie, um, they pass KYC. If they pass KYC with us, we issue them a soulbound token that's in their account, just one token. They can't mm -hmm. deposit it, they can't withdraw it, they can't do anything with it. It just shows that they pass KYC with us. And that's kind of uh, a new type of token that hasn't really been used on other networks. So, right. um, and it'll be um, used for our follow-on products as well, because right. we also want to make sure that the products that we do release to the DeFi atmosphere uh, are protected by KYC. So we can always track who is, has uh, how many assets of the different types of tokens that we are going to uh, have on network. Yeah, so I mean, I think this is like a, this is the new, this is a new part, new partly new emerging narrative in DeFi, right? Um, is this that that there is a way of building on ledger applications that are transparent, that le leverage smart contracts, but are also compliant as well? Do you do you see this as being a, a sort of a big growth area for DeFi? I think the potential here is is massive. Um, and it's something that you can't get on other networks, right? On Ethereum, you can't prevent somebody from trading USDC if they're not KYC, right? And it might turn out in three years that everybody who holds these stable coins needs to be KYC. We don't know what the regulations are going to bring, right? right. But on Radix, you can do that. You can prevent somebody from transacting USDA if they don't have the KYC token. And that's the whole reason that we did this is because we want to be able to be flexible so that if the regulations do change in the future, we can adapt to them and meet them easily. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, it's definitely a smart path, especially if your sort of future products go much more into the, into the traditional finance space as well. Um, what, like what, what for the, for this first product, the USDA, um, that you guys are sort of bringing to market obviously one of the one of the as in first product after your uh, dex aggregator what is what is what are you um obviously one of the difficult things with stable coins is liquidity um so what are you guys what have you guys got planned for the liquidity around usda so that's one of the more difficult things just because of the fact that i'm in new york and we can't operate in new york so it's hard to onboard local liquidity here, but um, uh, one of the first steps we're going to be doing is we are partnering with DeFi Plaza to offer s some liquidity pools with the USDA pair, like XRD and USDA, right? Mm -hmm. So if you provide some of the initial liquidity there, you can get some of our ASTRL token as a reward. Mm -hmm. um, we're also going to be offering rewards to people that mint it. So if you come in mm -hmm. through a bank account, you mint will also be offering some rewards there as well. So there is some incentive. Now, the banking partner that we're working with 
is getting their trust charter in New York. It's very close to completion. They expect they will have it by the end of the year at the latest. It could be as early as three months, but who knows with these government licenses, so it's very hard to say. Um, but once they get that and we can operate in New York, it'll open up a lot of the local liquidity that uh, I can tap here. So right. that'll help massively. Right, 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 right. So the um, and and this is because the sort of banking in in the U.S. is basically state by state, right? So every every single place that they want to operate, they need another banking license. That's correct. You would need money transmitter licenses on a state by state basis, but New York is specifically much more stringent than the other states in the U.S., where right. there are additional controls beyond that. You need continuous checks from the Department of Financial Services on a, at least a quarterly basis. I, I think it might even be shorter time period than that. Right. Um, and there's audits that you need to have done. And it's just a continuous communication channel with the Department of Financial Services and your company. So it, you're married for life. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very large, uh, and what does, it, what do. does this mean yeah. for sort of non non US people? Is is this is USDA only for US people, or is it for for anyone in the world? Like who can who can come and use USDA? So we're still working out exactly what jurisdictions we can operate in, but it does look like we'll offer services to the UK, Australia, Germany, France, uh, a lot of the larger European countries because. Mm -hmm. Our banking partner already has licenses to operate there. Um, and as they get additional international licenses, we can offer services to those countries. So I don't know exactly what we're going to offer for that initial product. It might just be the US, it might just be the US and UK, you know, it might just be a few of the countries, but we're going to continuously grow that so our user base can grow easily and borderlessly as. Got it. Our and, bank and does that, does that also apply to anyone who wants to hold USDA or is the USDA freely transferable once someone has purchased it? So if I purchase it from Switzerland, can I now transfer it to anyone I want to? Yeah, so um, the token itself does not require KYC. It's just the minting and the burning of it. Mm -hmm. um, so if you buy the token on a decentralized exchange using Radix that you already have, you can just hold it. There are no restrictions there. Uh, the only thing that I brought up is that in the future, if there are additional restrictions um, on these stable coins, that we can restrict them to KYC to only users. And then that right. would, you know, if you're not KYC with us, um, you wouldn't be able to do anything with it, right, really. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think sort of like future proofing these things is really important, right? Which is why. Um, I mean, this way it's part of the reason I love Scripto and the and the and the Radix engine. It's just it's, there's so many powerful ways in which you can up update your rule set associated with tokens and yeah, it's 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 sort of it, I it, I mean we built a lot of this. I mean the background for um, sort of Matt and Russell who who sort of built a lot of the uh, the 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 specs. I mean masterminded most of the specs behind Scripto and uh, the Radix engine was 
a lot of a lot of time working with regulated companies as well who were looking at like how do we do you know how do you do equities on ledger how do you do debt on ledger how do you do like complex derivative products on ledger and all of those problems that we came across they came across when they were trying to do this in solidity in other languages like that all came across to radix as well where we're like this is this is this is currently the world of of DeFi, and then this is the world of like financial services and all the rule sets. And if yeah. you're going to build something, you might as well build it to work for both. So we we just built it to work for both, and we got to this really like lovely model for it, um, which it sounds like you guys are already thinking about how you can take advantage of, which is awesome. Yeah, from what we've seen on other networks versus what we can do on Radix, the flexibility is there, <clears throat> the simplicity of it. It's easy to read, it's easy to develop on. And when you have those advantages on the network, you know, this the 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 speed of scaling and bringing on new projects that could, you know, we could partner with or, you know, the the possibilities are endless and uh I I think the the route that you guys have taken um, for the network is the correct one because you want to be as flexible as possible. You want it to be as simple as possible. You want it to be as safe as possible. Right. Um, and when you have all those in one network public that anybody can use, right? It's really permissionless, but you can make it permissioned if you want, you know, right. and, and when you have that, um, I, I think, you know, the future for Radix is very bright. Yeah. No, I, 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 that's lovely to hear. Um, the, I think I always, I think there's always this debate between permissioned and permissionless. It's like, no, permissionless is just the harder system to build. But once you build a permit permissionless system and you have full expressiveness in your smart contract language and in your asset. Uh, and your and your asset approach, the way that you build assets on the platform, then there's no reason that you can't create permission systems in there as well. You want the you want the ecosystem, you want the infrastructure to be as resilient as possible, and that means going down the permissionless route. But that doesn't mean that any application that you build on top of it also has to be fully permissionless. And I think we're going to see more of these hybrid models emerging uh, in the next year, two years, especially with what's happening with the regulation in the space. Like, what happens every time regulation comes in is crypto doesn't die, it actually thrives, but it, 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 it basically ratchets up the next level of maturity. I think that's what's happened every time. If you look at like the ICO mania, which was like stupid tokens for for for, for most of the and like very and everything was very idealistic and no one really understood. Like everyone's like, we're going to reinvent finance. We're going to reinvent everything. Like the rules don't apply. And then and then you know sort of the first set of rules came in and people went, okay, well maybe we can't raise money using tokens and that. <laughs> way and then DeFi, we came along and 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 there was some real innovations there like i think you know continuous function market makers are were, was a real innovation at the right. time and was sort of one of the most important ideas behind uh long tail asset bootstrap liquidity like that as a concept is 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 amazing if you think about the traditional markets the majority of assets are completely illiquid you have you know billion dollar companies unicorns that exist in silicon valley that have no liquidity for their underlying equity yeah. and then you have like a, a you know a 10 a, a 2 million dollar market cap product that has 
a million dollars of liquidity in it. And like, that's, that's amazing. So like that, that then, but, but the understanding of what regulation means and what compliance means and what like the rule sets mean and like how you actually integrate with the existing traditional financial system and the people who are sort of sitting on the sidelines going, that looks cool, but there's yeah. no way I can deploy capital in there. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's this, that's just the next step, right? Is like, is starting to bring some of that sophistication into a public ledger environment such that those people can, that capital can actually start playing in this space and leveraging the tools that were created, you know, in, in DeFi summer. It, it's, it's so funny because you go on the forums and they're like, Oh, you know, traditional finance is the enemy. You know, you don't want to, you don't trust the banks, you know, and then the banks are like, don't trust crypto. You know, It goes back and forth and back and forth. Right. And, um, you know, what I've seen is that it's not one versus the other. Right. It's what can we build together? We have right. to fuse the two. Right. You know, it, and if you can fuse the two, I think that is going to bring everything to the next level. And I think you could do that on Radix. And um, I'd like to see what killer apps people come up with because I think the future is very bright on it. So, yeah. I mean, the one that I'm really excited about, aside from all of the on-ledger stuff, is also like the personas side of things as well. Yeah, I think that's going right. to be really, really interesting for sort of um, this next level of like identity uh, in association with financial products or identity in association with Web3 and like what you have on ledger versus what you choose to disclose and those two things together creating some sort of like way in which a financial institution can be like yeah we're happy to trade with this person but do it in a you know sort of quick repeatable way i think those are those are really exciting as well so um all right so we have a well uh, an audited uh fully backed american issued <laughs> um stable coin coming to radix um, we also, you guys have got a suite of products coming behind that you're planning to do. Um, so what, like, what's the most useful thing that the Radix community can be doing for you guys right now? Um, right now it's, uh, try out the prototype when we, we launch it, give us your feedback so we can, um, you know, fix up the details a little bit when we go to production and support us by, uh, providing liquidity, you know, onboard some fiat onto radix play around with some DeFi protocols uh mm. provide some liquidity to DeFi plaza or oc mm. or caviar or any of the big dexes and uh mm. you know get involved use some of the products like we're building them for you you know i want to see the, the the customers get excited about it and uh because right. it really is uh you know we really want to change the way the game is being played and in, in a better way because make right. it more regulated make it safer for everybody you know so awesome Awesome. Michael, it's been such a pleasure talking with you uh, and uh, best of luck with the launch of USDA. Uh, and uh, yeah, really excited. I'm really personally really excited to sort of get started playing with it as well. So um, super cool. And uh, yeah, take care of yourself and I'm sure we'll speak again soon. All right. Thanks, Piers. Bye. I'm going radical, I'm going radix, I'm going radical, I'm going radix. I wish be D5, never on a decline, building the future, I feel like a savage.